We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South and the host of the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials, as well as Running City USA. This is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. It is such a pleasure to be with you today. I also have the good fortune of sitting alongside my friend and yours basking in the Afterglow D2 of Olympic Marathon on Saturday, Publix, Georgia, half full 5K. Today, America's Marathon Weekend, for sure. Welcome to you, Dave Martinez. Well, thank you. Yeah, and it truly is America's Marathon Weekend because, man, it was a lot of fun this whole week. I, you know, I'm tired. And, and I, you know, we both ran today. I mean, we're taping this Sunday, uh, you know, Publix, you know, marathon, half marathon. I ran the half, you ran the full. So we're a little tired from that, but it's just leading up to it's just a bunch of events. There was a bunch of events I wanted to and parties that I wanted to make. Uh, you Did know, you make them all? I didn't. I didn't make any of them really, except for our own, which was phenomenal. But it just I had there was so much other stuff going on and just keeping up with just the regular responsibilities of you know. It's like you can't take a day off just because you know it's you know the Olympic trials are in town. You know you got work to do, so there was a lot of that going on. So I had to prioritize. So I didn't make it out to a lot of the parties. Plus, I wanted to make sure I was healthy for this weekend. Sure, you know, and that's very easy to go out partying and and, and have a long nights and. And then you come in and you're like, oh, no, I don't feel so well. And then you don't you, you can't race or you don't perform to the level that you wanted to. So and make it that much harder on yourself. I did go out for a little bit on Thursday to see some former teammates and some industry colleagues. That was all I needed on Saturday when everybody seemed to be out. I was happy to report that I was in bed before 10 o'clock ready for my jaunt today. You're right. It could be a little bit tiring, but it was a work week. For us, it was a fun week for us. It was a fun work week for sure. So many special memories as we get ready to unpack a really special kind of a commemorative episode here. What is that one thing or a couple of things that you would just say, man, what a cool memory and a story I'll be telling people for a long time? Well, I mean, it was one of the things. I mean, we had this event with Saucony, um, you know, Thursday and we had, you know, obviously we were, uh, you know, releasing the Endorphin Pro, kind of this sneak peek and VIP, you know, type of that, w- that would get them into the VIP party. Um, but we had all the Saucony athletes here and that was so cool to have. And, you know, we had interviewed uh, Jared Ward and Molly Huddle and they were great on the podcast. Yep. But it was this one memory that just says, you know, just how down to earth, you know, uh, Jared is and just cool. You know, you know, he was there signing autographs and, um after the, the panel discussion, um, and I oh know actually it was before the panel discussion and, you know, someone was signing one of the shoes, someone had bought one of the endorphin pros and he was signing it. And I had taken some pictures of the store and shared it on Instagram and he, and he just looked up at me. I was like, Oh, I'm just sharing it on the gram, you know? And he just looked at me and just kind of like smiled and then just fist bumped me. Just like, it was just so cool and so laid back. And I'm like, here's a guy who, you know, was competing to make the U.S. Olympic team. So cool, so relaxed. And then you and I both talked to him beforehand, how he was going to take a trip with his family. Yep. And it's just like, for me, there'd be a lot of pressure. I'd feel nervous. Um, and he was so laid back. And it's either because he's done it so often or because he just was confident. Whatever it was, he was so awesome. 
even more so than so many special memories, I believe, are how many special people were part of this experience. And I know we'll talk about it perhaps in episodes to come, but I do just want to say thank you to all of you who did come out and support those athletes. We talked about it for four weeks leading up to it. Every single athlete that we spoke to, of course, you can go back and catch up on those episodes if you've not already heard them with some of the favorites for sure coming into the weekend but Atlanta came out in force we were loud we were proud we were very indicative of being runny city USA and just an awesome it was almost surreal being in our midtown store and watching the men go by on one side of the street the women go by on the other and to just see that of course our VIP party was really cool to be that close to the action it was just a really special day but that would not have been the case without so many people that put so much time and energy into it including the volunteers including those affiliated with the Atlanta Track Club with the USOC with the Atlanta Police Department so many we could thank but my goodness thank you Atlanta because you put us on the map long before anyone gets to Tokyo. There will still be plenty who are talking about what happened in Atlanta. And D2, I know we had a special evening on Thursday. You were so right. instrumental in putting that together. I know you've got some information to kind of set us up as you do so. Please do not deny us any of the information you have as well as your thoughts now that we're on the backside of this i'm enjoying literally right now from my <laughs> marathon the big peach post run ale i could also call it the post marathon weekend ale i'm gonna sit back i'm gonna hand it to you tell us what happened my friend right. well i mean first of all you know absolutely kudos to the city of atlanta all the spectators that came out the volunteers it was awesome i remember coming in from marta to our store on saturday and just you know you know thanking the volunteers for being out there getting pumped getting psyched and just just giving kudos for doing what they're doing because they were out there setting the support for the aid stations and that's a big responsibility i don't know that i would want that responsibility but people stepped up and that's you know that's that's a logistical nightmare and as far as i know it went off without a hitch mm -hmm. you know so that was awesome uh, you know, as far as everything I've seen through social media from athletes and e even uh, journalists from the running community and, you know, said Atlanta was awesome. I saw, you know, um, tweets from athletes that said when they were arriving from the airport that Atlanta was awesome. The Southern hospitality was great. So, I mean, we all of you guys made Atlanta look great. I hope that that is something that. Whoever decides again, you know, when the next Olympic trials is, you know, for the marathon will be that Atlanta is once again in the running. I can't imagine that it will be there four years from now, but despite the hilly course that they'll consider us down the road again, because it was phenomenal Indeed. and big kudos to Saucony for the event we had on, you know, Thursday. And then for, you know, the VIP, it was phenomenal time. Everyone, I've gotten already some emails from people that said that thanked us for a great time, for the hospitality, for the food, the beer, and just being able to come here and watch it, you know, and have this VIP experience. So for those of you, uh, you know, missed it, we, you know, we did record it and on YouTube. So it is available on YouTube. We'll provide show notes for that. You know, the drawback to that is that the camera that I was recording on the, um, video stopped at 30 minutes but luckily i had the audio um recorded separately so so you'll hear that in, in you know uh the complete you know evening there but we are going to rebroadcast it here on the podcast simply because it was such a cool event 
Um, Tim Bro, uh, who is a coach for many of the athletes, was a moderator for the panel and asked some very you know interesting questions. And we also took some questions from the audience. For the audience, you may have to listen a little bit closely because they were off mic, but it is um, audible enough um, if you're if you got headphones on. But such a cool event to have these fantastic athletes. Um, you know, they were you know hung around afterwards to sign autographs and answer questions from from people. And this is two days before their marathon, and you know when they could you know should have been probably resting up, and 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 getting and preparing for their marathon. And you know, but they were here, and that was awesome. And once again, you know, Saucony had the launch of the Endo, uh, you know Endorphin Pro, which is a shoe that I actually ran in today. You know, for the first time, got 13 miles in that. Nice. Felt phenomenal. I mean, if you're looking for a shoe that is going to be carbon plated, that's looking for that next PR, consider this shoe. It is currently, we only had it for the weekend. We sold a lot of the men's and, you know, and, you know, all that is now packed up and going back to Saucony. The official release, I'm told, is they moved it up. It's now April 15th. So if you want that shoe, April 15th is going to be your next shot at it. A lot of it is going to depend on availability simply because, you know, it was originally supposed to be out in June. They've now moved it up through April, and they're hoping that they can fulfill orders. There might be some scarcity as they start releasing in, on April 15th, but I think a lot of that has to do with the world athletics, um, you know, as far as their ruling on the Vaporfly and all that, as far as the shoes being available, uh, and, you know, plenty of time before the Olympic uh, uh, marathons in Tokyo. So, but but, you know, as we had, you know, these, these, you know, awesome athletes, you know, we probably should kind of look at kind of what their times were. You know, Jared Ward, which was one of my picks, you know, he finished in 27th, um, two hours, 15 minutes and 55. Brian Schrader, who was also on the panel, young guy, he went out hard and went fast. Yes, and, he did. And, and, and we were like, wow, is he, does he, he really have it in him? And nope. I mean, he DNF'd at mile 16, but man, he he just went out he there and put a He got a lot shirt. of airtime on NBC at the beginning of that Yeah, race. if there's anything to be said, if you're an athlete, if you're going to go and you probably, you know, like I said, you know, maybe thinking, like, my chances aren't that great to actually podium, but I'm going to get as much airtime for my sponsor. I think he he accomplished that. If that was his goal, he accomplished that. Um, you know, Molly Huddle was one of my picks on the women's side. You know, she DNF'd at mile uh, 21. And then the other two, you know, Molly Seidel, which came in second, two hours, 27 um, minutes, 31 seconds. This was her first marathon. Right. She qualified on a half marathon time. So, man, that was phenomenal. I mean, that's that was awesome to see. Um and then Laura Thweet, um, she came in at 2.29.08. She came in fifth place. Desi passed her, like, within the final, you know, three miles or yep. so. I was kind of hoping maybe she'll get there and she'll be fourth and, you know, come as an alternate, you know. But uh, that didn't happen. Um, so just phenomenal. And then, I, obviously, the women's, you know, Alephine Tulimak, you know, came in first. And it, that's phenomenal, you know. First of all, it's it's Hoka, you know Hoka, who's been this kind of outlier brand, who's just making waves, and to you know have now have a female athlete representing them at the Olympics is is huge for them. Molly Seidel, you know, as we mentioned for Saucony and Sally Kipiego came in third place. All right, on the men's side, Galen Rupp, of course, finished first place with a time of two o nine twenty, and Jacob Riley. This is an interesting story because he's unsponsored. I mean, he's almost an unknown unless you were truly following him. Sure, but I think. After this, 
He's no longer going to be sponsored, at least not for very long. His life is going to change by the time he gets home from Atlanta. Yeah, so he finished second with a time of uh, 2.10.02, and in third was Abdi Abraham at 2.10.03. And I was looking forward to seeing Jim Walsley, you know, as as trail runner, and and just because he's a unique story and and the distance and the training that he's been doing. But he finished in 22nd place, but still very respectable at 2 hours, 15 minutes, and, and 5 seconds. So, I mean, it was a brutal day out there. It was windy. It was cold. You know, the temperature would have been fine, but with the wind, I think, you know, it was, uh, you know, they, they suffered out there. They, those that got on the podium, they earned it. They did earn it for sure. You mentioned Jim's time. Of course, we talked about Jared's time. Jared finishing 27th. You think about his finishing time and then a place like 27th, that shows you the quality of the field. That only happens every four years, Olympic trials, or of course the Olympics, when you end up finishing sub 20 and end up with those wicked fast times. But we're not finished this episode as our recap from the 2020 Olympic marathon trials rolls on. We're going to have that special edition from our Midtown store on Thursday evening with the Endorphin Pro launch. Like D2 indicated, we're going to bring it to you unedited. We're going to do it right after this brief message. It's winter and that spring half marathon or marathon will be here before you know it. As your runs get longer, you'll need additional fuel to power through those long runs and get you across the finish line. Everyone has different needs and tastes, so we recommend that you experiment with different gels, bars, and hydration products to see what works best for you. Stock up and save. Purchase 10 or more individual packets and save 10%. Buy a box and save 15%. Clubs and training groups can combine their discount for additional savings up to 25% off. Come into any Big Peach Running Company location and stock up so you're ready for those long runs. First off, welcome everybody. Uh, excited to have you guys here tonight and uh, showcase not only Saucony Shoes, but also the athletes that we sponsor, who are obviously all going to be part of the race uh, on Saturday. Um, as we all c- can agree, Saucony makes the best shoes in the industry. And if you don't believe me, yes. if you don't believe me, ask these guys. Um, My name's Tim Bro. I uh, work for Saucony. I work in the marketing department uh, in Boston, and I also coach a handful of athletes, seven athletes uh, who live and train in Boston are all sponsored by Saucony. We got together trying to figure out a way to kind of showcase, obviously, our new new shoe, the Endorphin, and uh, bring these guys up in front of you and have them just share a little bit of their wisdom. and give you an insight into their lives and what they have done to prepare themselves for this moment. Um, so I thought a really interesting way to just get started is to throw a curveball at all these guys. Um, I did send them all a list of the questions uh, before tonight, but I didn't send them this list. So um, they may feel a little surprised, but I thought this is a kind of a way to just kind of kick this off and give you a little insight into who these guys are. So we're going to start with Tim Ritchie. Tim, if you want to just want to wave? Hi. Uh, Tim Ritchie hails from uh, hails from Boston, or just outside Boston, Worcester. Um, and to let you know what Tim is all about, Tim is all about Dunkin' Donuts. In fact, this Dunkin' Donuts' home is Boston, Massachusetts. And Tim has this, I've heard a rumor that Tim Ritchie can be in any town in America and he knows exactly where the Dunkin' Donuts is. True or false? That's true. There's 34 in the greater Atlanta area, including... <laughs> Including two at the airport. <laughs> in fact, how, how, many, how many Dunkin' Donuts are there on the Boston Marathon course? 18 on the Boston Marathon course. 
I don't know how many you guys put out on this course, but hopefully that many. Are you making that up, really? It's a true story. Wow. It's <laughs> amazing. Thank you, Tim. Um, Molly Seidel is sitting here. Molly, wave to everybody. Molly hails from the University of Notre Dame. She's a four-time NCAA champion. She's a Foot Locker champion. But what you don't know about Molly Seidel is that she has a pet cat Mr. named Mr. Banks. That she, in her free time, she knits and bakes. So Molly, the question for you is, when you're 60 years old, are you gonna be a crazy cat lady with 20 cats? Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, I think this came up on the run this morning that I have like, um, I'm 25 going on 80. So I've just tried to embrace that lifestyle. Um, I'll be baking cookies for anyone after the race, so find me. <laughs> Whoa. Um, next up, we have Brian Schrader. Brian, wave. Um, Brian. <laughs> Brian hails from the running mecca of Flagstaff, Arizona. And he did not follow the traditional path to the Olympic Trials Marathon. When Brian was in high school in Flagstaff, he was the star quarterback. He could slam dunk the basketball as a freshman, and he qualified for the state meet in the long jump. Not the traditional path of a marathoner. Brian, do you have any regrets picking the sport of running? Uh, no regrets, but from a financial perspective, <laughs> it would be nice. Um, next, we have Aaron Heenan. Aaron, wave to everybody. Um, Erin uh, is actually works for Saucony and is running the race on Saturday. She is a mother of two. In fact, her and her husband both work for Saucony here in the Atlanta area. And she still has the energy to go out and qualify for the Olympic trials with a full-time job and two kids. That's really impressive. <laughs> We're going to get into the training stuff later, but do you have any special workouts with a stroller up hills preparing for the course? Um, honestly, stroller running really makes you strong, and um, when you're not running with the stroller, you feel lighter, yes, but you do really just take advantage of that strength, and it, it carries you. So I have done it, and I um, was about to do it the other day, and it's been so long that I said, oh, I can't change it up now because it kind of make me sore, but stroller running power. That's a business model, I'm telling you. Um, Laura Tweet. We have Laura. Laura is from Boulder, Colorado, and I've heard a rumor that you spend 18 hours of your day binge-watching Netflix shows. True or false? Um, it's true, uh, and I have a couple suggestions uh, currently for anyone that's looking for some new shows, so uh, let me know if that's you. Any guilty pleasures, like worst show you watch on Netflix? Okay, I don't want people to judge me for this, um, but currently I'm really into Love is Blind on Netflix. Yes, I got some, all right, all right, I got some people out there. Um, and I also really enjoy uh, a lot of the shows on Bravo as guilty pleasures, like some of the housewives, so. So it's not a rumor. 18 yeah. hours is like maybe an exaggeration, but If you wonder what these off. guys do for the other 12 hours a day they're not <laughs> Um, Noah Drody. Noah, wave to everybody. Uh, I have so many questions. Um, well, let's get to everybody else can go home. This is I'm my panel skipping now. Over the, <laughs> I'm skipping over the CBD sponsorship. And we can talk about that. <laughs> and 
Not only is Noah a gifted athlete, I've heard a rumor that he is a very gifted musician, and he is also going to be emceeing the race for us live on Saturday. Um, so my question is, Sophie's Choice, Olympian or a Grammy with a platinum record? I think I'll do both. <laughs> I think I'll <laughs> no, b both very tempting, but. <laughs> Um, so Noah is going to be showcasing his talents on Saturday. Uh, so if, hopefully everybody get, makes it back over here and watches the race uh, because they're going to. What mile mark is this? Six. Mile six. He's going to be do commentary for everybody and being a uh, cheap entertainer. I don't know about cheap, but <laughs> one of those. Okay, uh, down on the end is Molly Huddle. If you guys haven't heard of her. Given your 28 national, was that right? 28? 28 national titles, two-time Olympian, American records in the 5K and the 10K, sixth place finish in Rio in the 10K, which also gave her the American record, which was 30-13, five-time consecutive world championship. Holy cow, you're good. PRs of 1450, 3013, 67.25, and 226.33. But the real question is, you obviously have some talent. What is your beer mile PR? Oh, my beer mile is my worst event, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it once, and I was DNF. <laughs> I couldn't drink four beers that fast. <laughs> Sad. We got her. Um, and then lastly, Jared Ward. Jared Ward. In case you guys haven't heard of Jared, he surprised the world back in 2016 in Rio and finished sixth in the marathon. Um, the question for you is, Jared has four children. Will any of them beat your high school PRs? Are they here? Are you allowed to say no, this? No, they're not here. They're not here. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yeah, all I could Maybe come up all with. of them. <laughs> okay. So there's our panel. I just kind of want to give you guys a little introduction. Uh, we're going to cover a few things. Um, just a quick note, these guys have the biggest race of their lives in less than 48 hours. So we're going to try to make this snappy because, believe it or not, they get nervous. And they probably all just want to be sitting in their hotel rooms right now watching Netflix. <laughs> um, so I thought we'd just start with a little bit about training and what these guys do in preparation. So guys, I'm going to just kind of ask one person if you guys have an answer that you really, really, man, I had a great answer for that, just shout it out. And if you guys have an answer, if you guys have a question to kind of piggyback off that, just raise your hand and, and, uh, and, we'll, and you can jump in. Um, let's start with this. Um, Molly, what is your best workout ever? Um, I'm actually not really like a workout warrior. My workouts are not great compared to my race times. But I think my best workout ever was probably 3K repeats. Um, and I did the last one in like 9.0 something. Oh, my Lord. But oh. most of my workouts are the, the other way. 9.0 <laughs> something. We got to do the math. So that's sub, five, that's sub four. That's 4.55 pace. Yeah, it was some, I don't know. I was running 72s. Miles. I forget what it was on the last one. But it was like. 4.40. Yeah. Oh my God! It was it was um a, it was a rare occurrence for sure. <laughs> Usually my races are like, how did I do that? My workouts were so terrible, and so that's just kind of the pattern I'm in. But um, it's been working for me, so I don't put too much stock into a workout, honestly. That's that's good advice. 
if you guys were listening, that was really good advice. Um, Tim Ritchie, is there a workout when you see it on your calendar a coach gives you that you just dread? Every single workout that I see <laughs> on my calendar. I coached him, by the way. Yeah. Bro's been my coach, and there's been uh, plenty of times where I'm coming off of an injury or something, and I say, hey, coach, I'm ready to get back into it. He's like, great. I'll put up a workout on your calendar, and I look at it the next day, and it's this impossible task. But you end up going out and doing it and hitting it pretty much just as he prescribed, so it uh, says something about a coach who, who really believes in you and knows what you're capable of doing. Um, we're going to uh, – where's Brian? Uh, Brian, question for you. What is the secret? So Brian's come – uh, just started the marathon two years ago, ran 213 for his first marathon ever, um, and followed that up with a half a few weeks ago in 101.50. Is there a secret to how, got, how you ran that fast so quickly over those two distances? Uh, no secret. I think I'd naturally, the shoes. uh, <coughs> yeah, the socky <laughs> shoes, <laughs> the, the endorphin wasn't actually that my first, uh, it just teed you up, man. I know. <laughs> and actually it's, it actually is a cool story because, uh, at that point I was going to race in the Convaro. I was even th thinking about, uh, racing in the ride, which is just our regular trainer. And then they created a prototype, uh, for Jared for his uh, New York race. And I saw them in the office, and I was like, "Hey, those look pretty nice." <laughs> and they say they said Ward on them, and they were a size too small. But I still just shoved my foot in there, and then I could, it just felt so incredible. And I was like, "All right, I'm wearing these," uh, and ran two thirteen, so it works just fine. <laughs> um, we'll go to Jared next. Um, Jared, is there a, is there a benchmark workout or a confidence workout you guys do on a on a frequent basis that you know if you hit it, you're ready to go? Uh, yeah, I, w I would say um, for me, my it either comes in a long run where we do, Coach Eyestone has me do 20 to 25 mile long runs, and most of them we just do, um, you know, a minute slower than, than race pace, but he'll have me do pickups in these, and so sometimes as much as eight miles of it will be at marathon pace, and when I get to that 25 mile run with eight miles at marathon pace, if I can do those eight miles and hit marathon pace and feel okay doing it, that, that normally brings some confidence. You guys should write that down. Yeah. Um, we'll, go, we'll go Molly next. Molly, I'm throwing a curveball at her here. Oh God. Do you have like a craziest workout you've ever tried? Failed or made it, either way. I feel like I don't do that crazy of workouts. Um, kind of like other Molly over there, I feel like I have wildly unimpressive workouts but much more wildly unimpressive than those. I have never run nine minutes in a 3K in a workout. Um, in terms of like kind of weird workouts, one of them that we had in this buildup, I was down in Phoenix for the weekend, supposed to do um, like 22 miles with like 3,400s in there. Got kicked off the track mid-workout, so I had to jump on the river path, find another track mid-workout while doing all these. Got kicked off that track. <laughs> Went back to the original one and convinced them all while we're trying to consistently do these 400. So I don't know if that's impressive. That's just, I feel like my life's a mess and that kind of <laughs> epitomizes my training. Well, uh, we'll go Noah next. Um, Noah, what's, um, like, what's a typical long run? Like, a, like a, for you, like how far do you guys go? What's, um, when, what's the longest you've ever been? Yeah, so as I've like, 
kind of grown to become a marathoner in the last couple of years. It's gotten it's gotten longer. Um, the longest I've gone in a long run is 23. Um, but if I can get to 20 or so, that I start building confidence there. Um, but I think anything like 13 and over, you can call a long run. That's that's my personal <laughs> philosophy. Um, okay. And we're going to go next. And question for you. You always like hear, hear people say this, like when you're racing, and one of the things you've probably already picked up on these guys is they're always saying it's a confidence workout. And believe it or not, all of us struggle through, I would assume they can all agree with me, struggle through the same things of like having questions and self-doubt when you're working out and when you're training. So question for you, is there a mantra? Is there something you have in your head when you work out for big workouts or racing that you repeat to yourself? Um, I do. I have a couple. I guess it depends on the day, but um, my husband, before I tow the line for a race, literally every time he says, you're doing something special, and it sounds so simple, but it's so true. I think um, no matter what kind of day you have out there, it's special for you, um, whether you're fighting or feeling good. It's just something unique and uh, special happening, so keep it simple. Um, lastly, Laura, question for you. Last big workout you did before you came here. Something um, that's going to make everybody go, wow. <laughs> Again, I don't have any crazy workouts. Uh, I feel like we keep it pretty simple. Um, but let's see. Um, my last big workout, uh, I did a long run. So I did, it was like a total of 19 miles. But to prepare for Atlanta, since we knew it was going to be pretty hilly, uh, my coach mapped out this like six-mile loop where more than half of it was like up this like these gradual kind of grinding climbs um i can't remember what the elevation was but like i gained quite a bit of elevation in each of these loops and i was supposed to run quite a bit of it at marathon pace um and so it was really challenging um but i was able to hit it out of the park uh and i just felt really strong and kind of going off of what aaron was saying um in those big workouts and when you're preparing for a really big race um it's just always important i like to go back to remembering that it's running and it's this simple thing that we get to do and we do it because we love it and so in the middle of a really hard workout like that or like in a race uh, i always go back to that and just gain confidence from that but that was kind of my last big Big marathon workout was a big long run with some uh, race-paced uh, miles in the middle of it. Money. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit, and I'm not going to ask for anybody's secrets here, but we'll start with Molly down there because we are here for the Olympic trials race, which is on Saturday. Molly, we don't want to know your plan or your secrets, but how do you see the race playing, playing out on Saturday? Oh, gosh. I think everyone has tried to imagine it, and you really have to be ready for anything because, especially on the women's side, the field is so deep. Um, we have, you know, a, we could send three teams. I keep saying two teams. We probably could send three really good teams to the Olympics. So we're only sending one team of three people. And the course is hilly, and it was kind of breezy out there when I did my run today. So I just think there's a lot of factors that could flip the race upside down the last 10K. Um, so, yeah, it could be... It could be anything. I, I would see um, the benefit of like maybe going out a little conservative just because the course is so hard. But there's a couple women in there that might want to just like burn out right, like go out right away and drop a bunch of people. So got to be ready for both. <laughs> yeah, that's good insight. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go to Noah here. I, your question for you. How do you see the guys race playing out? Um, if you had to guess. Yeah, I, I think the guys are probably pretty 
evenly matched at the high end. And so I think a lot of them have to be thinking if they make it to the last lap feeling strong, then they can do a whole lot of damage. And so I don't really expect to see anybody really running away from the field early. I think there's probably 15 to 25 guys who can really push each other until, you know, a leading group naturally separates going to the last 10K or so. I know these guys are really nervous, but as a fan, on Saturday, this is going to be an awesome race. This is probably going to be, this is going to be an incredible weekend. So um, it's really cool for them to sit here and kind of share their, like, insights into what they think is going to happen in this. Um, question for Jared. When you saw the course and how hilly it was, because if you guys don't know the area, haven't been on the course, it's exceptionally hilly. Um, did you change your training at all, or did you do anything specific in preparation for this versus a flat Chicago-type course? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this is a uh, this is a cross-country version of a marathon course. I think <laughs> I, I think that you know this is. I mean, I think in terms of the wear and tear on our bodies and on our energy systems, this is a 28-mile marathon, and so um, you have to be ready for a grinder. And so uh, you know, so so you have to stay healthy in training so that you have good, long, consistent training, and I think that's part of it. Um, but then also, you know, being prepared for the hills, I, I've always considered myself a, a very natural downhill runner. And coach, but Coach Iceland doesn't like to work out doing too much downhill for injury risk, at least at faster, no downhill faster than marathon pace. And so we do, uh, we've had some hilly loops that we'll do at marathon pace um, where I get some uphill and downhill, but then we've done intervals just going up, you know, where we just go uphill and... Um, and he's increased my confidence and my ability to run up hills. And I think something that's nice about a course like this and the hills on this course is they're never, they're never so long that you can't see to the top of it. And so in this race, it's just get to the top of the hill and you know there's a downhill on the other side. And I think it's going to be a trick of keeping the mentality of push up, trust what's coming on the other side while still st staying, you know, as, as these guys have talked about, while still staying relaxed until the race really starts. And so it's going to be, it's going to be tough because the pace is going to be all over the place. This isn't a race where you can shut your mind off for, for 15 miles and just uh, float through miles. I think you're going to have to be aware, but still try to be not burning through your mental fuel tank early on in the race as well. watching Netflix right now. All right, let's fantasize, have a little fun. Tim Ritchie, if you make the team, do you get the tattoo? And where does it go? Uh, my wife's in the audience, so I guess I'd have to include her on the where does it go thing, but I could, I could see a couple rings going right on the, <laughs> right on the left cheek. Uh, question for any of you guys, does anybody secretly, this wouldn't be a secret if you said it though, have a like, uh, if you make the team, some sort of uh, like dance at the finish line planned? Have you practiced that? <laughs> Nobody. Um, okay, Wait, we're gonna did, did you have a dance at the finish line when you made the Olympic team? Oh, yeah. Can we see it? You know, Kamoy, uh, uh, the steeplechaser? Yeah. Yeah, that, that dance. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I'll send you the gif. 
Okay, um, um, we're going to talk. little bit about like growing up Olympic role models and so I, I guess this is a Mike just as a question a curiosity for the entire panel does anybody have any of you guys have like a role model an athletic role model that you had growing up that like inspired you and kept you in it and you guys just start at Molly and work your way down um, well my first memory of the Olympics was watching the Atlanta Olympics in 96 I was in sixth grade and um, I remember, the only track I remember watching was Michael Johnson winning with his gold shoes, which I thought was amazing, um, that memory, like, I own a few pairs of gold shoes, like, it's just something that's, like, burned into my brain, I, and um, also the gymnasts was kind of, like, who were my role models when I was little, more so than the runners, because that's kind of what was marketed to 12-year-olds <laughs> at the time, um, but since then, I've uh, gone on to really look up to, like, Dina and Meb, you know, watching them win their medals in Athens on TV was huge for me at that age. I was really into running. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say I look to them so much. I think a lot of us do. <laughs> yeah, for me, there was this uh, Saucony athlete, Molly Huddle, who was <laughs> in the Olympics. And uh, that's, right when, that's right when I was aspiring to be a professional runner myself. And uh, so, yeah, I've always been able to draw a lot of inspiration from my peers. And there's a couple Olympians up here beside me uh, that continue to serve as that inspiration. Uh, yeah, I think peers uh, is like the big uh, motivation for me. Uh, when I went to school at NAU and we had a couple or a few Olympians uh, and they always brought uh, the most inspiration. That there was uh, Lopez Lemong, Dave McNeil, and then Diego Estrada all made the Olympics. So to see like the training that they did, uh, how they did, like it really kind of made you believe that that could also uh, be me someday. So for me, it would have been uh, being recruited by my current coach now, Coach Ed Eystone, when I was in high school, he showed up to recruit me to run at BYU, and he was wearing his Olympic ring from one of the years that he had gone. And I remember thinking that that was so cool. And, I, you know, in fact, I, I, would, I would, like, jeer. You know, it became an inside joke for years with me on the team, you know, where I, you know, coach would say, yeah, I got a recruiting trip this afternoon. And I'd be like, well, you're going to wear your, your Olympic <laughs> ring for it? Or, you know, or coach would show up to practice and I'd be like, you're wearing the ring? And, you know, and he didn't wear it often. But, um, but that was one of the first things that he said to me at the finish line of L.A. was, hey, Jared, you're going to get one of those rings. And that was, that was kind of when it came full circle to me when I realized that, you know, that that dream or that, you know, that person that I had, you know, I'd looked up to Coach Eyestone and I had become a part of what he had become or what he was for me. Um, growing up, our family's like main sport was actually skiing. So my first intro to kind of seeing the whole like majesty of the Olympics was with Nordic and downhill skiing and that kind of got me excited and stuff. Obviously, I don't really have the body type of a top-level skier. And so as I, uh, as I shifted into running, it definitely started focusing um, more, more in that realm. And I know Tim Ritchie has already stolen this one, but uh, Molly was a huge role model for me, being a, a Notre Dame student athlete as well and seeing her out on the world stage just, like, breaking records and doing all these things, being like, dang, like, she was once a student athlete at Notre Dame as well, like, 
that was my like that was my dream seeing her up on the wall in the jack and like coming in and being like dang like that's what I want to be someday so obviously I've just copied her in every sense of her life <laughs> at this point so yeah <laughs> Most of my early mentors in, in running were people just in my local community that you would never have heard of, but they didn't have to be great runners to have a really profound impact on me. One of the first like professional races that I remember watching and it, that just really moved me greatly was uh, when Meb won Boston. And that was like one of those, you see him cross the line, like cried a little bit, and then I like threw my shoes on and like went on a run for my like for myself. And so, and that that really was special and you know I have a lot of other mentors in the sport now uh, I consider Jared to be a mentor and I'm really lucky that I've gotten to meet a lot of them now as a professional athlete so it's been a lot of fun um, for me growing up I'm a little bit older I think than most of these guys and uh, growing up in high school and college running I really looked up to Dina Castor and think that she just kept proving over and over how strong and fierce she is as a racer and even with older age, she st still was such a stud competitor. Um, but honestly, I'm humbled sitting up here with these guys now because we drive a lot for our jobs, and I listen to you guys on your podcasts, and you guys inspire me as I get older and still trying to run fast. Um, yeah, I mean, I similar answers. I uh, The first uh, Olympics I remember watching, like being more geared into running, uh, was again when Dina and Meb uh, won medals in Athens. And uh, what an incredible uh, moment that was. And just realizing that, you know, Americans can compete at the highest level of our sport on, on this international stage was really incredible as like a younger athlete kind of just starting to get into the sport. Um, but I also am going to say uh, in 2016, watching Jared uh, make the Olympic team, I got chills watching that race. Um, you know, Jared was obviously, he already had established himself at that point, but I, I don't necessarily think at that point he was on the big radar to maybe be a favorite to make that team. Um, and he, you know, just grinded it out and kind of was a little bit more of a dark horse and, and crossed that line and, you know, and, and made his first Olympic team. And just, you know, watching that it really resonated uh, for me as far as just like anything is possible. And I think that's the beauty in any type of sport or racing, but really in the marathon, I just think that's so cool because it can really be anyone's day. And um, it was just an amazing moment to watch Jared uh, really like seize that for the first time. Um, and so that's kind of always been in the background for me uh, as I've gotten ready for this next uh, cycle. So that's a lot of pressure, Jared. I know. Oh <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, so last question. Well, well, well we, um, obviously we're all here because it's all about the shoes. And Saucony is launching uh, the Endorphin Tour, starting here and moving it around the country and showcasing um, uh, all of our technology and all of the work that's gone into making some of the best running shoes in the world. Jared, you had a big hand in the Endorphin Project from the start. Do you just want to share a little bit about um, uh, how you got involved with that and where we're at with it? Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I got a phone call uh, from Spencer White about a week before the New York City Marathon in 2018. And he said, hey, we have a new prototype um, for a racing shoe. Would you want to check it out? And I said, was well, this like a plated shoe? And he said, yeah, it's, a, it's one of those shoes. And I was like, yeah, great, send it. And so he sent me three shoes. And 
I, on Tuesday, before the New York City Marathon, so five days before, I ran on a treadmill and measured oxygen uptake with those three shoes and the Kimvara, which is the shoe that I was going to run in. And two of the shoes performed similarly to the Kimvara, and then one was 4.4% better. And so I called Spencer back and I said, hey, I think we should call them the 4.4 percenters because um, this was two years ago. He said, no, I don't think we can do that. But, um, <laughs> but I, uh, I liked, you know, I liked the shoe and I, so I, I bought into it right from the beginning. And it, you know, it was one test with me on the treadmill running one mile at marathon pace. So it's far from clinical, but, but even before I knew the results of the test, I got off after that shoe and I said, these are the ones. And I remember feeling in New York really good on the downhill. And, and so that started this iterative process of the Saucony team and Andrea sending me, you know, four or five pairs of shoes and me trying them out and sending back information and giving my feedback. And they were testing stuff in the lab and I was testing stuff running in it. And uh, man, that was fun. And it's, uh, you, know, it's it, you know, in a sense, um, it was really fun to have, you know, the, the shoe industry for, for racing for marathon shoes was kind of turned on its side when a shoe dropped that was 15 years ahead of its time. But what happened was we started thinking a little bit more dynamically as innovators. And I think it took a, a shoe, a, an industry that I saw as, can we make something lighter? Can we make it lighter? And there was so much emphasis on light because that's something so easy to measure. And we know the energy cost benefits of making something lighter. So we were going lighter, 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 as light as you can wear in the marathon, as light as you can handle. And then all of a sudden now we're innovating. We're saying, hey, wait, maybe we can add strategic weight. And so, you know, Saucony took the, you know, the idea of putting a plate in and, and innovated pretty impressive foam and then did a lot on the shape of the shoe that changes the posture that you're running in. I mean, it's hard to sit back in these shoes. And I think those are some of the innovations that this team has made. And there's more innovations coming as we continue to think dynamically about shoes. And so it's kind of a fun time, you know, in, in, in some sense, um, you know, things have changed as it relates to, to marathoning and there's conversation on shoes at every, you know, we just came from the press conference and everybody's asking about shoes and asking if it's a level playing field. And there is a big conversation there right now and there's emotion on both sides of the argument. But what's fun as innovators is that this is a fun time to be looking at what can we do to make things faster. And we were just talking before we, we got on this, um, on this panel about how these shoes are gonna help us to run longer you know you, you recover quicker with this the better foam that we're running in now and so by recovering quicker we're going to do less damage to our bodies and we're going to be able to run longer and i think that's worth investing in and so this has been a fun thing for me to be a part of and um and i hope that that's a process that continues in a very active way for a long time this is why we pay him the big bucks um Sorry. all right we're gonna just we're gonna do a quick kind of open it up to a couple questions because these guys are supposed to get out of here and they got to go to bed and run a big race in a couple days. So we'll just do a couple questions. We'll start in the front here. Go I ahead. A number of you ran Road to Gold and have been out the previous course. Are there any of you here who have not run any section of the course? Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank <laughs> you.
the sleeping, the eating, <laughs> the massage. Like, there's a, there's a lot of perks to training hard. You burn 4,000 calories a day. <laughs> All the Netflix, obviously, for me, so. Uh, yep, yes, sir. You know, it's, it's a subconscious poison that I have to live with. <laughs> and I, you know, it, it causes me to bring things to Coach Eyestone, um, and he'll just say, Jared, just get really, really fit and you'll be fine. <laughs> and then we go back to that part. Uh, oh. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes, sir. Go to pre-race meal. This might be divisive, but I actually love Outback Steakhouse has really good salmon and sweet potatoes. Don't hate on Outback. It is reliable. You can find it in any city in the country. Outback for president. Anybody else care to share secrets of what they eat the night before the race? Cool. I'll be eating a baked potato and fish, too. So it sounds like we're similar. And I just stick with pizza. <laughs> nice and simple. Um, we'll do one more. Go ahead. How do we feel about the temperature? Like, everyone likes different running temperatures. What do you think about I, I mean, I think we're all, thing, things are looking pretty good for Saturday. So I, know, I don't know how you guys feel about it in the South, but we'll take the 40s all day. <laughs> Amen. Um, okay, so, again, I just want to thank, um, number one, thank Saucony for not only allowing us to get a chase our dreams and do what we want to do, but also for pushing themselves the way we push ourselves and trying to innovate and continue to make the best shoes on the market. So big shout out to Saucony and big shout out to Big Peach Running Company for hosting us tonight. Um, and uh, if you guys have any questions and want to, these guys are going to hang around for a few minutes. If they don't want to shake your hand, don't take offense. They really don't want to get sick two days before the biggest race of their life. Or if you see them doing this after they shake your hand. Um, <laughs> But uh, thank you guys for coming out, and uh, please cheer hard for Saucony on Saturday. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast D2. You've done it again. Well done. All those microphones, all those cables, all over our Midtown floor, all those people, and all those athletes. My goodness, that is worth preserving, sharing again and again and again. Thanks for putting that together. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to just uh, see everything that was going on. I mean, I did go I did go to one of the events with uh, Iron Women's Podcast with Haley Chura again and, and a couple of the other athletes 
athletes there and use the same setup and you know it, it just works so i'm like I'm, maybe i'm up for hire maybe you know people start paying me to be a mobile podcaster you know whatever <laughs> who knows um but yeah you know it's like now that you know we had the big you know america's marathon weekend with the u.s olympic trials you know Publix. you did the marathon i did the half and it's like anything else like you have these big events that kind of build up in the excitement and then they're over and then it's like ah oh. we cannot let this be curtains for 2020 it is curtains now for america's marathon weekend as you said but there is still so much of this year left and so much good stuff to do right i mean if you've got those post-race blues because you're like oh now mm-hmm. yeah you know, I, I did all the training I, I you know across the finish like what next obviously we have this big race here in Atlanta and you know always every single year you know the Peachtree Road Race and you know that's 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 big I mean 60 is it 65,000 people something along those lines that's right? exactly right I think it's 60 but I know there's more than that by the time you get finished we'll call it 60 to 65 right. we'll let somebody give us the exact count if they want to count everyone coming across the finish line right so obviously you know you know you got to train for that the lottery for that will open up on March 15th through March Just in 31st. A few days. Yep. And then the lottery announces, I believe, is April 2nd when they'll That's be announced. Correct. So if you're already an Atlanta Track Club member and you register, you're guaranteed entry. Um, but if you're not an Atlanta Track Club uh, member, you've got to go through the lottery and then wait to see if you actually got in. But that being said, exciting news. Because Big Peach Running Company is going to start up a free group training, you know, runs from five of our locations. So our Alpharetta, Brookhaven, Kennesaw, Midtown, and Swanee location are going to host weekly group runs. In addition to our, you know, midweek runs that they already kind of host, that'll be incorporated into the training plan. But now Saturdays will have long runs from those stores at 7.30 a.m. that will support anyone training for the Peachy Road Race. And for that matter, it doesn't even have to be the Peachy Road Race. It could be another 5K in the summer, in the spring, but we're going to kick this off in May. We're going to start opening up and, and getting registrations in here in March. So this March 9th is the official kind of launch where we're telling everybody about this program. And this is free, folks. I mean, we're going to support this and and provide you guys with training plans we're going to support you by providing you weekly emails with you know supported you know you know stores that are going to open up for you early on a saturday morning and you know we're going to we've got sponsors on board they're going to help out um you know and this is all free and it's our way of giving back to the atlanta running community doesn't matter if you're a beginner, if you're a first timer. I mean, we'd like for you to at least maybe have done some running where you've got a beginner training plan, an intermediate training plan that will get you to the finish line. If you need a little more advanced coaching, we'll find someone who can help you out and do more one-on-one type training. But for us, this is our way of kind of giving back to the community and saying thank you for supporting us. And we want to support you now and doing a free training program that'll get you you know, part of this pedestrian active lifestyle, if you're training for a 5K, even though it's a 10K program, just cut all the training miles in half. If you're a walker, just come on out and we'll figure something out as far as, you know, walking for time. Um, we've got a couple stores that have already started, you know, weekly walking groups, Marietta and Swanee. So we're supporting everyone this year. We want everyone to get up there, you know, get out there and move and be active. And, you know, this is going to be exciting. So, We'll have more details about this on our website and our sponsors, and we, we you know, we'll, we'll 
we'll keep repeating this and letting you guys know about it. And obviously, once we reveal our sponsors, we want you to support them because we wouldn't be able to do this and offer this for free if it wasn't for them. Very, very true. We talk about to grow, to support, and to enhance the pedestrian active lifestyle in and around Atlanta. That's why it is such a pleasure and a thrill for us to be able to develop these programs. This has been in the incubator for quite some time. People back in the lab putting different mixtures and recipes together. We think we got it, as D2 mentioned. So many of those different elements that will make for such a special journey to whatever it is that you have planned this summer because like I said, we are not going dark Atlanta. What a special weekend it has been. What special memories will linger and travel forward with us. But we have so much more to offer and so much more to do together. So we're going to stick with it. We're also going to be, continue to come to you every two weeks on the Run ATL podcast. In the meantime, as we always say, as we certainly mean, May your best miles be those covered on foot. So long to the marathon weekend and also to all of you who finished. Congratulations. We'll see you out there again. Cheers.